Yo, what is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the So I Was Thinking podcast. This is your host, Felipe, with our co-host, Rowan. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Hope you guys tuning in. Listen, this episode is about to be brand spanking new. We are doing something we've never done before. I'm raffling off my grandma. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, this episode is usually sponsored by Coke, <clears throat> but they're not here today. So we Shout have Hydro Flask again. Shout out Hydro Flask. Um, being recorded at the world famous Rabbit Hole Record Studio Production Center uh, in DeForest, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, if you want to record an album, hit up Rabbit Hole Records. Chris the Dragon Slayer Swenson. If you want to record a podcast, get in line. We were here first. And if you like uh, the sound the popcorn machine uh, at the movie theater makes 30 seconds after takeoff, he can record that too. Follow, by the way, Rowan, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this about our, my friend Chris. What's that? Oh, it's a good one. Oh, Chris, whoa. Chris is the longtime reigning defending bingo champion. Whoa! At his grandma's <laughs> retirement home, she has <laughs> lost most of her life savings to his bingo skills. What an absolute fiend! So fiend on the bingo field. He's, he's got like collections of dentures, walkers, you know, all things he's all won. things he's, he's won. won at his grandma's bingo night and. That was a good one. That was a good one. one. All right, this episode is going to be unique, Rowan, and tell them why. We have our very first guest. Our very first guest. Austin Rockwell. (laughs) Austin Rockwell. (laughs) So um, I'm going to just do a quick intro for Austin. Austin is a guy that I've known for a few years. He um, is currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. He is doing some amazing things there, going to GCU. No, you're done with GCU. Are you done with GCU? Still attending, yeah. Still senior. attending. Senior year. Amazing. Yes, so sir. so how I'm I, I'm actually just pulling you into the episode right now <laughs> just because I want to get all the facts right. So how long ago did you start what we're about to talk about, this camp? My freshman year in twenty seventeen. That's amazing. So this is what I want to touch on real quick. Austin Rockwell, the man, the myth, legend, started a camp his freshman year with a group of friends. And as of this year, they have, I what did you say, like 1,500 by the end of the three camps? Um, yeah, we served around 1,000 students. Yeah. So uh, what started with a group of a few friends is now about 1,000 students. Um, and this topic that we're going to hit on is interesting because that's how things grow because we're going to talk about what it means to say yes to God. And I wanted to invite Austin on this episode because we are, you know, we're, we're thinking through things and, and what an awesome example, because he went down there and it's incredible what happens when you say yes to God, because you start a podcast, you start a camp. That's just a weekend getaway with some friends. And now they're reaching, you know, about a thousand college students in the Phoenix, Arizona. And, They just started a foundation. They're making this thing legit. They're starting this camp. They're taking it to the next level. And Austin, all he had to do was say yes to God. So welcome, Austin. This is exciting. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. That was a long-winded intro because it's our first one. I should write the next one. But (laughs) 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 this is how we do things. That's what I was thinking. So, Austin, what 
you know, like we're, we're looking at this episode and, um, you know, this idea of saying yes to God, of following after what we believe God does called us to do. Um, what does that look like? I mean, practically in big picture, like what does that look like for you down in Phoenix? I think it looks like a lot of things. I think that this idea of saying yes to God takes us all the way back to God's word. Um, the lives that we live as Christ followers, as sons and daughters of God, we always want to be gleaning from the stories that were given to us in the very words of God. And so when I think and pray and, and talk about this idea of saying yes to God, um, Rowan and Felipe, I think back to stories like Moses and the burning bush. Yeah. I think back to stories like Abraham and waiting for Isaac. I think back to stories like the disciples and the apostles after Jesus has ascended into heaven and they have to go wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so there's so many times in God's word where he told his people to say yes. And crazy things happen when you don't say yes to God, right? He tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah doesn't. He goes the other way. He ends up in the belly of a whale. And then God's like, you should have said yes to me the first time. It would have been a lot easier. So you're actually going to Nineveh. But sometimes when we don't give God our yes and we're not authentic followers of Jesus and don't live in faith, um, Galatians 5, 6b says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And saying yes to God is really just faith. It's it's the belief in something that you can't see. You don't know how it's going to end up. Um, but when you trust God, he always has immeasurably more than all you could ask for or imagine. So that's kind of the foundation of this, this idea of saying yes to God, that everything that I say, uh, during this podcast with you guys should be taken from. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, you know, as we think, uh, as it's funny that you brought up Abraham, because I was just thinking about this today, the, the, in the new Testament, Paul says that, um, it was, it was, Abraham was credited righteousness in God's eyes because he believed. Right. And, and yeah. the story of the Old Testament is a story of belief versus unbelief. You know, like when when God says something and he promises something, the Israelites had one option and or they they had more than one option, but they had a choice. You know, like God said, would you just believe me? Would you allow me to be your God? And and that was a covenant that he made with them. And all it would take for them would be to believe that God is exactly who he says he is and he's going to do exactly what he said he would do. And they just have to f- be along for the ride. You know, obviously it takes obedience on their part. It's going to take some sacrifice on their part. But um, the majority of what, what happened was resting on God's shoulders. And, and they went and, um, you know, they, they some of them believed. And uh, for, for years we see that they practiced unbelief. Um, but Rowan, what does it look like for you? You know, like to say yes to God, you're, you're about to be 16. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you have maybe a limited worldview or you maybe have limited life experience, but that doesn't mean anything because I think, you know, Austin, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but as Christ followers, God requires us to say yes from day one, right? Like God requires us to take up our cross and give up our lives day one. That's the invite. Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer says it like this, like the call to be a disciple is a call to come and die. It's not really a call to, to life and, and, and luxury. It's a call to come and die. Um, so Rowan at 16 years old, what does it look like to say yes to God? Yeah. So for me, I would say like above everything else is just, uh, working with what, uh, with what God has given you. So like 
as a 16-year-old uh, high school student in virtual school in a COVID world, I'm pretty mm. limited with my reach. I'm pretty limited with what I have. But God doesn't put us in situations where it's easy to spread his word. He always wants to challenge us. And so I think it's just work with what you have. Where can I uh be like Jesus? Where can I kind of spread the light and spread the gospel and spread the truth about who Jesus is? And so kind of using every opportunity I have to take on uh, saying yes to God and being an example of what it looks like to say yes to God and take up that mantle of being a disciple. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think I think the invitation starts with will you follow me right it started like that with the disciples it started like that with moses it started like that with abraham will you trust me will you follow me um but what does the next step look like you know because if we look at the disciples if we look at abraham if we look at moses it's not this a b c d laid out plan right like god doesn't necessarily work like that um so for you know austin i don't know you know from from saying yes to the first camp lope you know, all those years ago with a few friends. What's the journey been like now to Camp Love where you're reaching thousands of students? Yeah, so, so Felipe, it's a good question. I think that some people might be listening to this podcast and not really know about Camp Love or Camp Love. So I'll give some quick, quick brief background yeah, please and we can do. talk about that process. So as a freshman, it was a long weekend and I didn't want to waste a long weekend. And so I'm sitting in church on Sunday and, you know, Friday went by, Saturday went by and we had Sunday and Monday. So Put together group text, you know, invited some of my friends, said, hey, let's go camping. And it was a few friend groups, you know, freshman year, kind of in like a million different group chats. You have all these different friend groups because you're like, how could I possibly pick one? You know, just extrovert things at yeah. a large university. And uh, they, we all met up at the coffee shop on campus, and some kid was like, I have tents at my house. And another kid was like, I know a good camping spot up north. And so thus Camp Lope was born, and for – those of you who are listening and don't know, Grand Canyon University's uh, mascot is the antelope. And so we all went camping, and it was about 30 of us, and people met each other. And as Christian college kids do, you bring your Bible, you bring a notepad, and you bring uh, a guitar. To sing Obviously, a song. guitar, yeah. All the spiritual <laughs> guys, to. all the spiritual Christian guys own a guitar, <laughs> whether yeah, or not they can course. play it, yeah. Totally. There's two hanging up on my wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, how else are you supposed to find a wife if you can't play guitar in the church? You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. That's real, man. Or no. wear skinny jeans and have a beard. You know, you got options. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got yeah, Felipe, right now. <laughs> I'm single. I'm so single. Go on. Um, yeah, so then somewhere along the line, someone was like, this is Camp Lope. And we all came up with goofy camp counselor names for ourselves. And we did a lot of things like 30-second sermons where you, you get a word like peanut butter and jelly, and you have to come up with like a 30-second biblical analogy on how the gospel is like peanut butter and jelly, you mm. know. And so there were just so many things that weekend that were just so memorable. And then the next day, we visited the Grand Canyon, and it was the first time that I had ever seen the Grand Canyon, you know, being from Wisconsin and uh, it was the first couple of weeks of uh, second semester at GCU, and it was just amazing. Well, the following year, I'm a sophomore life leader, so it's like a Bible study leader for the freshmen in, in, a, in a building called Juniper, and I invited a bunch of freshmen, and I was like, this is a great move for discipleship. We can grow Camp Lope. It can become a thing, and all of my friends were like, no, you can't invite freshmen. Like, this is a our friend group thing. And I'm like, no, I'm inviting freshmen. And they're all pissed at me. And we all go up to northern Arizona and we camp, go to Pepper Sauce Caves in Flagstaff. 
And that was about, I want to say, 45, 50 of us. And it was awesome. And what was super interesting is that 80% of those freshmen that came up not only became a super tight friend group after not knowing themselves, each other for very long, yeah. but they also all became student leaders on campus their sophomore year, whether that was life leader or RA or serving the local church or whatever it is. And so like, it's super interesting when you take upperclassmen, sophomore to senior, and you have them catch freshmen as soon as they get into school and start investing in them and saying, come be a part of something bigger in adventure. Yeah. So, so cool. The following semester, it was too cold to camp outside early January, so we tried to rent out an Airbnb, fit way too many people in there, got a complaint, got kicked out <laughs> one night early. Um, so thank you, Airbnb, if you're listening to this, for our partnership in, in the story of Camp Lowe. Exactly. You um, missed out, Airbnb. You missed out. <laughs> Shout out, Airbnb. Yeah, exactly. You, you missed out. Yeah. So um, anyway, in the following year, I got really close with a, a guy named Jared Love Camp. It was the end of my sophomore year, and it was the end of Jared's freshman year, and we got super tight. We talked all summer. We hung out a couple times because I was living in Columbus, and he's from Louisville. And he's like, awesome, I can't wait to help out, like help you run Camp Lope next year. I'm like, Jared, you've never even been to Camp Lope. Like, you can't, you can't help me run it. He's like, no, I'm going to run it. And so a couple weeks into student leadership training, he was a sophomore. I was a junior at the beginning of 2019, like early, early September, late August. We met up in the coffee shop one of the first days of school, and we were like, all right, Camp Lope, what are we going to do? And he's like, I'll make an Instagram. I'll make a graphic. Let's go to where all the freshmen live and, like, drop the graphic and airdrop it to everyone, and they can share with their friends and follow them on Instagram. And Anyway, then we're like, all right, better go make some promo. So we go up to the woods in Flagstaff. We film a little promo video, and we're like, hey, there's going to be an info meeting on Thursday night at 8 p.m. in the student union. Well, 350 students show up in this info meeting wow. in the bottom of the union and we're like we're like we just got ourselves in so much trouble like we what what did we just do you know <laughs> exactly. when we're like all right venmo austin ten dollars and you're signed up and we'll get your email and your phone number and any allergies we'll find you a ride you get your own tent sleeping bag grab a friend get in the car and we'll drop a location the morning of and they're like, oh, so many kids are like, yeah, we're going camping. You know, so in 20 minutes, I had like $3,500 in my Venmo. And I'm like, this is just way too much power for an individual. Exactly. But we, uh, but alas, we did it. And we went up to the woods in Flagstaff, went to the Grand Canyon the next day. And there was just so many amazing moments, kids just rededicating their lives to Christ and powerful moments of worship and students confessing sin and, and coming to know God for the first time, you know, students who are afraid that they're going to come to a university and be lost in the crowd and not have any authentic Christian community, finding it their first couple weeks of school. And not only that, they get to go to the Grand Canyon and see God's beauty. And, you know, students come from all over the country here to GCU because it's kind of like a destination school. And so all that to say, man, that was like, whoa, that's crazy. And it went really well. And then the following semester, we ran a camping trip down south near Tucson um, of about 200 students. We made merch and stickers and, you know, sold sweatshirts and T-shirts. And it was a two-night camping trip. And it was just so intentional. And we had more structured leadership. And people found their friend groups for the first time. I, there's this specific student. He was a senior. He was about to graduate. But he chose to go on this camping trip anyway. And he had just gone through a breakup. And God totally used this trip to, like, give him community, even though he was about to graduate. And he's That's like, can awesome. I come to this next year? Even though I'm graduated, I'm like, yeah, dude, come to it next year. So that happened. And then in March, about a month later, you know, the notorious COVID-19 pandemic hit the world. And summer happened. We weren't sure what the university's guidelines were going to be, where the world was at. So we're like, all right, we'll get there when we get there. And in the first couple weeks of 
school, we went camping uh, on a camping trip, me and my close friends. And that is where my best friend and good friend who had helped me run this and had been so close to me over the last couple of years, um, randomly passed out on the mountain that we were camping on up in Flagstaff called Edge of the World and performed CPR on him for about two hours. The helicopter came and got him. And then a few days later, he passed away in the Flagstaff Hospital on life support. And his last name is Love Camp with a K. And we would always joke that we were going to change the name to Camp Love with a K. And Jared was like, we got to change the name to Camp Love, you know, get away from the low. And I'm like, dude, we're not changing it to your name. You know, but when he passed away, went to be with the Lord, I sent the graphic that he had made for our logo and said, hey, can you change say Camp Love? And it became mine and my friend group's screensaver. We posted on Camp Love's Instagram. It got over, I want to say, 800 shares. And it just kind of became this rally cry. But in my heart and in my head, I was like, there's no way Camp Love can ever happen again. Like, I'm not a Camp Love. Like, I don't, I'm about to graduate. I just lost my best friend. I don't even want to go to, go to work, do classes, much less like I can't even sleep at night, yeah. much less am I about to go like put on this ministry camping trip in honor of my best friend. So fast forward to December 6th, I had a really hard day. It was a Sunday and I told one of my friends who runs a ministry called Backyard Church that I was going to go, but I woke up from a nap and I was like, I just don't really want to go. But I remembered something that a mentor who's been walking through this grieving process with me said, he said, Austin, when you really don't want to do something, but you know you should, you should just rally and do it. You should pray. You should call a friend, call your parents, whatever, go and rally and do it. And I knew that this was one of those moments. So I ended up going to the worship night, and I'm just pissed. I like, I like, I go, and I thought there was going to be a speaker, and there was no speaker. It was just like a worship night. And I'm like, at least give me some, you know, good talking content yeah. to them out to for a while, you know. But instead, we're going to think about how God's a miracle worker for the next two hours, and I feel like this just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but then baptism started happening and as I was watching people profess faith in front of hundreds of people for the first time publicly and old life into new life I just I felt this draw towards the Holy Spirit and the bap like where the bucket where people were getting baptized like I'd never felt before and so I'm just like right up there. I'm praying. I'm crying. I'm talking to people. People are encouraging. I'm praying for me. I'm getting words from the Lord. And the Lord tells me, Austin, dream big for Camp Love. And I'm, you know, you kind of tune your ear and your head and your heart a little bit. You're like, was that God or was that a thought that I had? So I'm like, no, like we're not even doing Camp Love. Probably just a weird thought. Well, an hour later, we're worshiping Austin, dream big for Camp Love. So I'm driving home, talk to my roommate Vito. I'm like, Vito, I don't even know what it means to dream big for Camp Love. Like, what, what is God saying here? Is my, I don't even want to do Camp Love. And Vito gets all excited. You know, he's, he's kind of the dreamer. He's like, oh, my gosh, we, we're we going to the woods. We're going we're gonna to build a cabin and do Camp Love. I'm like, we're not, Absolutely. We're not building a cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you would, right? Yeah. I'm like, we're not, this is the we're only not way to do camp. We have to build it ourselves. <laughs> going exactly. full Amish. Yeah. <laughs> then a week and a half later, I'm, I'm – in my Bible and I'm praying and the Lord tells me again, dream big for camp love, you know, and I think there's somewhere in the Bible sleeping Rowan, where like, if God tells you something three times and you ignore it, you get struck down dead or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably biblical. <laughs> yeah, probably. So I'm like, ah, I can't, can't ignore. So I'm like, all right, God, like you want me to dream big? Like, fine. I'll dream big. 
And so I called a really well-known Young Life camp called Lost Canyon that rents out their space to different people with no intention of actually going up to Lost Canyon. But I called them and I just told them the story, told them what we were going to do, said we probably have 300 plus students that want to go. And um, he's like, cool. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you, you know, I'm just a college student, right? He's like, that's okay. So I went up and visited and man, one thing after the next, like, God just provided this amazing spiritual retreat, you know, and we're getting all this donation money because we undercharged kids 65 bucks so we could get as many kids to camp as possible and cost wouldn't be an issue. And so we raised around 17 and a half grand in three weeks. And as we're getting all these donations, wow. we're like, man, it would, it would, it would be really good if these people who are giving large checks could have tax write-offs. So like, even if just for this camp, what if we became incorporated as a nonprofit? Well, then that was like an idea on Thursday. On that Sunday, early January, we met someone who knew a lawyer who could do it for free. That next Wednesday, so a week later, I'm in a meeting with a lawyer at his law firm, like getting down our bylaws and, and talking about board members and walking us through the process. And then a week later, we're incorporated as a nonprofit. Wow. That's insane. So – so then we're in Corbin nonprofit. We, we raise 17 and a half grand. We get to camp and oh my gosh, camp is just, it's immeasurably more than all you could ask for or imagine. It was just kids giving their lives to Christ, kids recommitting their lives, 27 baptisms, four public salvations, just so much fire and passion. We, we ran six workshops on the gospel and fill in the blank marketplace, vocational ministry, all these media, medical field, all these different things that students are studying. And yeah. they're like, how do I be, be a Christian in the marketplace? You know, um, Jared's parents from Louisville, they flew out and they attended camp. And it was just this crazy, awesome, amazing experience of about 350 students just coming together, um, all under the mission of transforming students' lives for the gospel through camping, connection, community, and Christ. And, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of long-winded, but that's Camp Lope to Camp Love. Since that first trip, we just ran another one last weekend where we served about 200 students. And next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're running an outside camping trip for around 400 to 500 students. Wow. So, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, so that's a great story about what happens when you say yes to God. This is the end of the episode, everybody. Honestly, his Instagram <laughs> is at Ro Austin Rockwell. And if you have any questions, don't ask me. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, though, like, wow, you know, I think. I think what makes us hesitant sometime is that next step. Yeah. Right. Like we I think we get in this idea of like when you go to interview for a job, you know what you're getting into for the most part. Right. Like you have this conversation back mm -hmm. and forth and you kind of negotiate and discuss uh, Rowan. If you go, you know, like when you went to your fencing school, you might have. You, you know, you go and you have an idea. You try to get as much of an idea of what's next as you can. So, okay, I'm going to have to like you go, you know, I don't know if you did this for when you went to fencing or whatever, but you go the first time and you watch and you go, okay, this is what everybody does. This is what I'm going to get into but with Christianity. Yeah. Like you said, there's Christians in the marketplace. There's Christians in media. There's Christians, um, you know, in vocational ministry. There's Christians all over the place. What does it look like to say, yes, to God, you can't go somewhere and study what it looks like. Right. Like your yes to God looks entirely different. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and we get stuck on the next step because we want to know. We want to have that interview process with God. We want to get God. So am I, am I doing this Christian thing Monday through Friday from nine to five? Like, does it come with benefits? Does it you know, like, can I do I get like a 30 minute lunch? So I get an hour lunch. Like we want to know 
kind of what you're getting into with God. And, and honestly, yeah. the craziest thing about the gospel and the craziest reason for any of us to want to believe it is that there is no next step. Yeah. There's that invitation. There's that invitation to say yes. And then we trust him the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and that's crazy to go to, to kind of touch on your point here. Uh, Luke chapter nine, verses 10 through 17. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's a story of Jesus um, about to break the bread and, and, and multiply some fish. But this crowd had been following Jesus for a while and, the, and, and they followed him into the wilderness and and they were getting hungry. And the disciples are trying to figure out, like, what do we do next? Like, we got to send these people back to get to get food, to get shelter for the night. Like, they got to do something. And, you know, like they, they look at Jesus and say, Jesus, just tell them, just go. They can come back tomorrow morning. Tell them to go away and find food. And and in verse 13, Jesus looks at them and says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And I think sometimes when it comes to saying yes to God, we we, we expect that it's like, all right, we're going to say yes to God. We're going to know all the next steps and God is going to provide every single step of the way. But the interesting thing is, yes, Jesus absolutely does provide the, the miracle and the multiplication of the fish and the loaves. But first he tells his disciples, you give them something. So mm. when we're when we're talking about saying yes to God, it means that what I take from this story is it means that Jesus thinks that we actually have something to offer. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with you, Rowan. What like when you think about saying yes to God, Jesus and following Jesus, Jesus looks at you and you're like, all right, Jesus, like I've committed my life to you. Now you go and save these people and, and figure it out. And Jesus says, no, you go and talk to these people. You go and live the life I've called you to live. And you're looking back at Jesus like, uh, what do you mean? Like what when it comes to like what you have to offer, like our gifts and our passions are a big part of that. So what what do you think that looks like for you to put your gifts and passions out there where a place where God can then do the miracle? I think just to start off by saying, like, I think it's our human desire because we want a choice, right? When God asks us to do something, um, we want a choice. We want to see if it's going to be ultimate, ultimately, like, whether it benefits us in the long run. But sometimes God asks us to do things that don't um, don't benefit benefit us and he asks us to do things where we can't see the other side and that's when we need to take our leap of faith and jump right in um and when it comes to passions and benefits like god made you for a purpose and he's gonna put all of your passions and everything that like you've worked so hard to attain he's gonna put those to use to further glorify him so um for me that's just looking at what i'm doing what i can do well like what I'm comfortable with and what I'm even like not comfortable with and willing to learn just so that I can uh, spread the gospel and spread um, what I know about Jesus. But I think we just I think the first step is uh, being open to the idea of using our gifts and using our passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Austin? When you think of that, you know, like how do you when Jesus says it, when Jesus looks at you and says, no, you go feed them, you know, like, how do you how do you put your gifts and your talents to to work and, and just allow God to do the rest? 
Well, I think an, uh, an interesting thing is the gifts and passions that God has given us. It's actually my life mission statement to empower and equip followers of Jesus in their gifts and passions, their supernatural gifts and passions by the Holy Spirit to make disciples who make disciples. I believe that God doesn't need us, but he wants us. And from the moment he placed Adam and Eve on the guard in the garden, and from the moment that he started his redemptive story of post sin all the way to Jesus to AD after Jesus's death, and up until now, God's heart is to partner with his creation in his glory. Yeah. And the biggest part of God getting glory is when relationship with God is done correctly, when we obey God, when we live by his Holy Spirit and not by the flesh. And so God is always bidding us come and die, say no to the flesh and say yeah. yes to the supernatural Holy Spirit that I've placed inside of you. And so when we live by the Holy Spirit, God is going to say, this is what you're, what you do. And this is what you don't do. And he's already laid out a lot of that for us in God, in his word, in God's word. And I think of just really, I believe it's in Matthew 18, just really basic, simple calls by Jesus to how to live life. Hey, there's naked people, give them clothes. There is hungry people, give them food. There are sleepy people, give them a place to lay their head. Um, and then of course, true and honest religion is this, is to look after the orphans and widows. And so Jesus is, doesn't have to partner with us, but it's actually an invitation by our creator because that's actually how he's going to get most glory. Yeah. And so I think that could look like a lot of different ways. I think that at its most basic command, it's Jesus saying, hey, above all else, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you get those two things down, you're saying yes to the Holy Spirit in a powerful way that is just going to translate into walking in the supernatural power and giftings and, and passions that you have that will result in things like a podcast or Camp Love or moving across the country to go to school, Absolutely. fill in the blank. Absolutely. And that's that's an important thing too, right? Because that's, I think you said it best, when, when we do what we're called to do, that's how God gets glory because he's created us for relationship with him right and as totally. we as we find him I, what i think is interesting is like when you think of like the most basic gifts like I, I i hate when people say like i have no gifts but yet they're great at hosting people or when people are like i'm not talented but if if like people as associate talent always with like being on a stage right um or being or having a podcast and having microphones in front of your face or speaking or singing or playing something that's what we associate gift with but you know like the gifts of the spirit separate from that um what am i thinking of like the the like god calls some to speak in tongues god calls some to prophesy god calls some to be hospitable god calls some i think you know like the first person that we see in the bible filled with the holy spirit is a is a person filled with the holy spirit to design the tabernacle so people gifted with the ability to design have been filled with the holy spirit just like that first guy was i don't remember his name but it's in the book of numbers um the, the first time the holy spirit filled somebody was to design and build and construct and and sew and put together the design for the tabernacle um and and we 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 tend to shortchange ourselves that god can't use what i have because we think that what we have 
aren't isn't the big gift of a microphone isn't the big gift of stage presence or whatever the case might be sorry there's these some early burps for for our episode i i think this is the thing that i do now i don't know what it is maybe i get nervous in front of a microphone it's um, a gift yeah well i don't it's the devil i'll tell you that much <laughs> um but uh and last question here austin we can wrap it up with this we're here, I, and I, I love that you stated your life mission. Maybe I need to write one down for myself, but we're here to make disciples of all nations. And we're saying yes to God, and that's part of our call, right? Regardless yeah. of, regardless of, hey, I'm going to be a person in, in ministry. I'm going to be a person in business. I'm going to be a person, uh, you know, like whatever the case might be. I'm called to make disciples, I'm called to mentor and invest in people and bring them along for the ride of following Jesus. What does that look like in, in our context? What does that look like? So I think indiv- individually, the three of us can share what that might look like for us. Uh, I think for me, it's kind of like what I said earlier, just uh, being a disciple with where I'm at because I can't, I don't have like college student outreach but i can do my best with my podcast my school uh my youth group my like uh my fencing just wherever i can uh do my best with what i'm given um and so that's just kind of how i'm making disciples of all nations just best to my ability yeah by the way this episode this podcast has now been played in the philippines oh yeah so disciples of all nations there disciples you go. of all nations <laughs> telling people about jesus all over the world if or you're in two, the philippines. two nations at least two nations exactly disciples two nations of two nations yeah shout out the philippines shout out the philippines <laughs> <laughs> sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> the whole country we'll we'll put a flag up something uh but austin for you you know making disciples of all nations saying yes to jesus in that in that arena what does that look like for you I think that the journey of making disciples, Rowan and Felipe, looks like a lot of different things. I think when we look at the life of Jesus, he lives his 33 years about on this earth. Three of those last years being ministry where he bids these common people, tax collectors and fishermen and a doctor and just common folk and says, hey, come and follow me. Come be my disciple. And they follow him as their teacher, as their rabbi for three years. And then Jesus dies and they all go and hide because they think they just wasted the last three years and they're really scared. And then Jesus, like he said, he was going to raises again from the dead on the third day. And then he spends about 30 days on earth and then he's going to leave again. And if I'm the disciple, I'm like, if I'm one of those disciples and I'm watching Jesus, you know, about to ascend into heaven, I'm like, dude, you just left us. We were scared. Now you're back. We're going to win. You just conquered death. Let's take out Rome. Let's do this, man. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, it's actually my time to go. And here's the last thing that I'm going to say to you. Go and make disciples. Go do exactly what I just did for you of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And surely, or teaching them to obey all the things that I've commanded you. And surely, I'll be with you to the very ends of the age. Mm. And if I'm one of those disciples, I'm like, make disciples of all nations like our roads are terrible jesus like what do you mean of all nations when we traveled on a boat 
we were scared like little wussies when a little storm came through. Exactly. We thought we were going to die, exactly. right? Uh, so make disciples of all nations. I think I just want to stay here. Um, teaching them to obey all the things that you taught us. Uh, so much for having the teacher be the example setter, right? And he's like, we just did a terrible job doing all the things that you commanded us to do. So how can we go and do that for other people? And then the last thing Jesus says is, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And if I am one of those disciples, I'm calling BS because you just left and died and now you're back and now you're going to leave again and you're saying you're going to be with us. At this point, the disciples probably had no real sense or understanding of what the Holy Spirit was and especially probably did not expect that they were going to be indwelled with it. And so... Jesus saying, and surely I'll be with you, you're just like, cut scene, fast forward to disciples and apostles in the upper room waiting for what Jesus is about to send. They're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, and it starts with evangelism. And so discipleship starts with evangelism, telling people the good news of Jesus. And so that, for me, looks a lot of, like, if I'm at the gas station and the Holy Spirit lights up someone, I'm going to go ask them if they know Jesus or if they know who they are. I love that question in, in evangelism. Hey, Felipe, hey, Roland, do you know who you are? Excuse me? Like, don't you mean who are you? No, 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 no. Do you know who you are? And it opens up this great conversation. So I think it starts with evangelism. And then if you look at the lives of the apostles and disciples, what they did post-Pentecost, post that evangelism, where Peter's up and he's like, you know, boldly proclaiming the gospel. And like, me, he's drunk. Um, he's like, no, it's only nine in the morning. Their lives in early Acts, their early church lives, looked like meeting together daily, devoting themselves to the reading of God's word and to obeying Jesus' commandments, praying together, Eating food together, very important. It's actually one of my favorite uh, parts exactly. of the disciples. Hallelujah. And uh, making sure that no one else was in need. And so I run a discipleship group with my boys and uh, with some freshman guys on 7 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. And there's a lot of different reasons for that 7 a.m. But the main reason 7 a.m. is like because Jesus is saying, come and die, right? Come and follow and then go and die. And so there's like a sacrifice. And so this invitation to be disciples of Jesus, I want to make it like little sacrifices. Like you have to wake up um, early to get there by, by 7 a.m. So we, we do this discipleship group, and it's not just a Bible study. It's like a walking through how do you follow Jesus. A mm. lot of my boys grew up in Christian homes, but they don't know how to read the Bible. They don't know how to pray. And so we're going through how do you read God's word? How do you apply God's word? How do you pray? How do you share your testimony? And so, and how do you follow the very commands of Jesus? Um, and so that's kind of what it looks like. And we eat together and we also make sure that none, none of us are in need. We're making sure, hey, do you have a ride to the discipleship group? Hey, are you doing okay financially? Hey, do you need anything from me, my shirt, my money, my car, anything that you need from me? I'm making sure that you, my brother, my disciple are not in need because that's the pattern of, of what it looks like to make, to, for the disciples to make disciples post Pentecost. And so um, that's kind of the weekly intentional like discipleship making. But then also it looks like being uh, apostolic in my gifting saying, I'm going to start things like a lip sync group that performs in front of the school. And through that lip sync process, we're 
being followers of Jesus together and spurring on in faith. And, yeah, of course. and uh, or I'm going to start a camp. And in this camp, we're going to invite everyone and make it super affordable. And in that, the, you know, the hardest to transform students' lives for the gospel through connection, community, and Christ. Um, so I think this life of discipleship that I live, Felipe and Rowan, looks like a lot of different things with the heart of meet together often, pray together, read God's word together, eat food together. Amen. And also Amen. make sure that no one else around me is in need. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That's and I like, I like how practical that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like for the most part, when we talk about discipleship um, and, and following Jesus in community, there's a lot of, there's a lot of not mystery in the sense of, you can only know if you're on the end, but there's a lot of mystery in the sense of like, what do we do? Um, and yeah. I think I think a good thing for our listeners is we're probably going to put that as a graphic on our Instagram because that was phenomenal. I love that. Pract- practicality, I, I, I almost got into a Twitter argument with somebody, a really well-known pastor actually, because he said, when we make the gospel quote-unquote practical, it's one of the most dangerous things we can do. And I was like, Jesus wasn't trying to complicate what he said what he said was very very simple but very very difficult to live out the whole dying to yourself thing one of the hardest things you will ever do you know saying no to your flesh hardest things but it's simple because he said just die to yourself follow me trust me die to yourself you know yeah and uh man that was so good that was so good thank you so much for sharing your story sharing what you're doing that was really great very encouraging yeah well, uh, Austin, uh, for our followers, is there a place where they can check you out, where they can check out Camp Love if they have any questions, if they want to go? By the way, it's in Phoenix, Arizona, guys. You don't want to miss it. Or it's right outside of Phoenix, Arizona. It's a few. It's a bit north. I was going to say a few minutes, but who knows because I've not been there. But it's <laughs> north of Phoenix. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I'm really jealous I don't live closer so that I can go. But if you guys are interested, you should go check it out. So, Austin, where can they check out, check you out and check out Camp Love? Um, I'm at Austin Rockwell on Instagram, but replace the U with an X because that's artsy. And for some reason, someone has Austin Rockwell with zero posts, zero followers, and zero following. So I'm Austin Rockwell on Instagram with an X instead of the U. I'm at Austin Rockwell on LinkedIn and uh, it's at camplove underscore on Instagram. And you can also check us out at camplove.org. Phenomenal. We will link that in the description for our YouTube video. We will post that information on our Instagram when this episode comes out. Austin, I hope you have a great night. Thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, why don't you like it, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. Honestly, share it with somebody that just needs to be encouraged about saying yes to God at this point. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, uh, what are we on? Twitter. Instagram. Uh, Not on we Twitter. have a newspaper. We print monthly. <laughs> uh, the printing press style. We're on LinkedIn. We are on Craigslist. You can buy us. We're on eBay. Uh, We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And so I was thinking podcast.com, by the way. Oh, yeah, we have a website. All right, stay tuned. Uh, We'll see you next time. Austin, once again, thank you so much. Thanks, guys.